everybody, it is Erica, and welcome back to the Ethics in Science podcast, a podcast here at Apex Friendship where each week my members and I come together to discuss and investigate a certain type of emerging technology or field of science and its surrounding moral-slash-ethical concerns, as well as give our overall consensus on the said topic and its connection to a novel we have read during this semester in English for Honors. Today I'm joined with my members, who you all should know by now, Samantha, Jerusalem, and Caleb, to talk about, drumroll please, euthanasia, a practice that is used in the medical field by certain countries. The American Medical Association's Council on Ethical and Judicial Affairs defines euthanasia as the act of bringing about the death of a hopelessly ill and suffering person in a relatively quick and painless way for reasons of mercy. There are two very different types of euthanasia, voluntary and involuntary. Voluntary euthanasia is euthanasia that is provided for a competent person with their informed consent or permission. Involuntary euthanasia is euthanasia performed without a person's consent. The, com- the concept of euthanasia can date back all the way to 500 BC. Yes, 500 BC, where ancient Greeks and Romans carried out similar practices. Euthanasia would then evolve and become more talked about during the 16th and 17th century. However, it wasn't until the 20th century when it became a highly controversial topic, as it was used as an official practice in the medical field by certain countries. Although there have been several countries that have asked and proceeded with the legalization of euthanasia, there are still those who are highly against and opposed to its legalization, and thus spark several ongoing debates that question whether it is morally correct to end someone's life. Now that I've gone over the definition and given a very, very brief history of euthanasia, euthanasia sorry, I will pass on the mic to Samantha, who will go over the certain countries that have legalized it and their reasoning for doing so. To start off, euthanasia is legal in the following countries. Belgium, Canada, Colombia, Luxembourg, the Netherlands, Switzerland, parts of Australia, and several states in the U.S., Clearly, euthanasia is not something that is used worldwide, but it will slowly be something that it might be used more in the future. These countries use euthanasia when someone is experiencing unbearable suffering and there is nothing that the doctors could do to help the patient out. In each country, the age limit depends. Some countries only allow for older people to decide to get this procedure done, while in some other countries, they let their patients decide as early as 12 years young. The arguments in favor of euthanasia have to do mostly with the liberation of the patient from all pain and suffering, both physical, emotional, and moral, in the face of medical condition that has no escapes and whose prognosis points away to death. Thus, euthanasia is considered an act of mercy, which also respects the right to self-determination of the patient, the sole owner of his own life. On the other hand, the approval of euthanasia does not necessarily have negative impacts on society from a a moral point of view. It is not that anyone can enter a hospital and request death because they are sad or depressed, but it requires very specific medical conditions. The conditions required to carry out euthanasia can be regulated and debated by the legislators of each country in order to reconcile it with local values and traditions of the country. 
Some people will also agree with the following statements. Number one being that people have the right to decide when and how to die. Number two is that it is cruel and inhumane to deny someone to die when he or she is suffering intolerably. Number three, lastly, being it can cover, it can provide a cost-effective way to carry for people who are dying. With that being said, many people don't believe in euthanasia, which brings us to why it shouldn't be used. Euthanasia can be used as a peaceful option for people with terminal illness, but the fact that this practice can be abused slash mistreated is worrisome. There have been many cases in the U.S. concerning the complications and abuses, which includes Wendy Melcher and Kate Cheney, who were both residents in Oregon. Oregon has had their Death with Dignity Act since October 27, 1997. This allows the terminally ill patients in Oregon to decide whether the practice of euthanasia can be the way they want to end their life. Kate Cheney was an 85-year-old early dementia cancer patient that lived in Oregon and passed away due to euthanasia. Cheney and her daughter went to a physician and was declined a second dosage of her legal prescription. Another physician ordered for Cheney to have a psychiatric evaluation done. The evaluation found that Cheney lacked the high capacity to consider euthanasia, and her request was once again denied. Cheney was then reached out to another psychologist that wanted to meet with Cheney without her daughter or anybody else. After the interview was done with Cheney, the new psychologist then gave the UK, and Cheney was then euthanized soon after. Cheney made this decision even though she was denied twice, and when she was granted an okay, she didn't have anyone with her. Wendy Melcher was also a patient that passed away of euthanasia as well. Wendy Melcher was overdosed with morphine and phenobarbital by two of her nurses. Melcher's nurses claimed that Melcher did request the euthanasia to be performed, but Melcher's doctors did Melcher's doctor did not know. Even though this is a clear violation of Oregon's euthanasia laws, the nurses were never charged of their actions. In these two cases of euthanasia, we see the complications of patients and hospital staff, which makes euthanasia a slippery slope. As a group, we see and understand both perspectives of euthanasia. We have decided that our consensus would be neutral. Mary Shelley discussed the effects of guilt on mental well-being, as well as the dangers of scientific advancement, specifically reanimation. Although euthanasia seems to be the opposite of reanimation, many of the moral dilemmas remain the same, including consent and the sanctity of life. As discussed in the attitudes of physician towards different types of euthanasia in Kuwait, many health professionals feel uncomfortable delivering euthanasia even when the patient is aware and consenting. Frankenstein's monster was never able to consent while being brought into the world and never consented to the mistreatment from Frankenstein. Frankenstein's guilt began to become evidence once he began dismembering dead people to use his research. What separates the living from the dead in a state of coma? Is it the ability to digest food or to have brain waves? Whatever it may be, the ability to consent should only come from someone who is fully conscious and not under the influence of any substances. We surely know that people in a coma are unable to consent as even alcohol inhibits the ability to consent. Although Mary Kelly noted that Frankenstein's guilt begun once he began dismembering bodies, he still continued to do it without care of anyone else he may be hurting. 
In this underlying way, I feel that she's commenting on how men have been taking advantage of women in all ways. Frankenstein's monster's violence may represent the consequences that these people faced for the trauma and blame they placed on women. The monster saw the life of the potential female monster of equal importance to his own, while realizing and acknowledging that the removal of this sacred life is even more important. In the portion where Frankenstein kills the female, he violates that sanctity of life, where the monster seemingly understands the interactions between taking life and the pain it inflicts better than Frankenstein himself. And uses this as a way to torture Frankenstein until his death. How would the story have been different if all parties, including the female monster, consented to the death of that female monster? And that concludes our podcast for this week. Thank you so much for joining us. Hopefully we've informed you more on euthanasia and you formed your own opinion on the topic. We'll see you next week with a different topic. Bye-bye!